episode of Bitcoin in Asia from Bitcoin Magazine. I'm John Riggins, and our guest this week is Dr. Yuri Lee, Chief Business Officer of PeerTech out of Seoul. PeerTech is a part of Peer, Peer.com, a corporate group which includes the exchange GDAC, Korean Media Block and Press, and their economy conference, among other entities. We talk about the regulatory developments in Korea over the past year, uh, including Korea's new tax plan regarding cryptocurrency and additional guidance for licensed exchanges there. Uh, GDAC, uh, one of the main exchanges there in South Korea. We also talk about what the bear market has been like in Korea uh, and signs and trends that she is seeing as we enter a new phase of the market. Peer has their hands in a lot of different parts of the ecosystem in Korea and uh, Yuri gives some great insight. It's a good conversation and I hope you enjoy it. Yuri, hello. Welcome to the show. Hi, John. Good to see you again. Long great to time. see you from the great city of Seoul. Uh, so, so for those who maybe aren't familiar with you yet, can you give us kind of a brief intro of yourself uh, and uh, you know where you are now? Yeah, I'm Dr. Yuri Lee. I'm based in Seoul. I grew up in New York, but I've been in Seoul for more than 10 years uh, where the blockchain scene is happening. And I represent Peer, Peer.com, uh, as a chief business officer. Uh, we do pretty much everything in the blockchain space. Uh, we, ha- we host the economy, if you guys know. Uh, sure. Conference. Yeah, it was the last one with Nuria Rubini and Vitalik's fire chat chat was quite fun, right? <laughs> Some fireworks for sure. Uh, we have uh, most highest, highest traffic media in Korea, blockchainpress.com. Um, upground, uh, working closely with one of the large uh, conglomerate or chamber in Korea, uh, Hanwha Group, Upground. Uh, Finactor, uh, one of the first research uh, center uh, focusing on blockchain. We have published several books, which is used as a reference to even Korea Bank, the Bank of mm-hmm. Korea. Okay. Uh, but our core business is Peer Tech. Um, Peer Tech is financial um, company fintech company. We are focused on building everything that's necessary to use finance in blockchain. So starting with the cryptocurrency exchange GDOC, GDOC.com. Uh, we also launched various different types of derivative products last year. We provide custodian service um, and all has been quite well and steady. We have um, done a pretty good sales last year, even in the midst of the um, slowdown in this cryptocurrency market, we were able to still make a good thing. Uh, now we are one of the six major surviving cryptocurrency exchanges in Korea. They're getting more than 200, 300. But now um, only the six has a stable fiat window, Korean one mm-hmm. possible. And um, the biggest essence that we uh, focused on was the corporate institutional investors, unlike other exchanges. So most of the um, conglomerates, corporate institutional inv- uh, investors are on board as our corporate clients to GDOC. Uh, they are also allowed to do uh, Korean One deposit and withdrawal, which uh, they cannot do in other major exchanges like Upbit or Bitum because of their relationship with the banks. But um, we have close relationship with Korean Post Bank, which is a quasi-government bank. And we use escrow account 
to cover corporate clients. So like even Hyundai, the Hyundai Motors, um, they have their tokens. Uh, they have quite high interest in crypto market. They have uh, been on board on GDOC as our client and also uh, other companies like Kakao or Tana, which is the largest mobile payment company. Um, Hyosung, which is uh, also the major company that deals with most of the ATM machines in Korea. They're all on board as our Jita clients and oh, interesting. also onboarding their issued tokens as well as a product list. All right. Hey, coming in hot, coming in hot to start. Uh, back to, so you mentioned kind of that, that bear market and the growth of the number of exchanges and now down to the dwindling few that are surviving and thriving uh, still. It kind of takes back to that bull run uh, of a couple of years ago and through the bear market. Just kind of give us a little bit more context for how kind of deep the bear market has been uh, in just the last couple of years, kind of the ups and downs of that. Just give us a little bit more uh, color for it. Yeah, speaking of the bear market, it was not just in Korea, right? It was global. Um, of course. You know, yeah. uh, Korea, however, um, the of course, the ICO market was, you know, dying down and there were no new uh, amazing products for um, attracting investors, the retail investors. But that was not just the only reason how Korea was um, quite at a cautious state uh, in the market. Uh, it was the regulation that was still uh, unclear. Uh, for us, PureTech, uh, we've been working hard with the government to come up with the regulation. and. The good news is that we now finally have the regulation ready, which is now going to be in, um, in act from March next year. So with that now, the cryptocurrency exchanges need license to deal with crypto. It's not the cryptocurrency exchanges, but any company that deals with cryptocurrency um, trading or um, et cetera, even like consulting firms or the funds based in Korea, they will now yeah. need to get the license to deal with crypto. Uh, with that, the hurdle has become much higher for any companies to deal with crypto. So that's another reason why many of the cryptocurrency exchanges have closed down their business because um, there are two major um, things that they need to prepare. First is the uh, ISMS, um, license, which is Korean government given like ISO standard, um, high security standard they have to meet. And that's very costly to prepare for. And what, so, what's the body that's that's deciding these things and, you know, finalizing these policies? Is it the central bank? Is it a different kind of financial regulatory body? Financial authority, but the, um, the regulation, of course, came from the National Assembly, but the financial authority will um, decide who gets the license next mm -hmm. March. So, so that, that process of, you mentioned that you had uh, been in touch, you know, working with regulators to draft these things, I guess. So you're working with the assembly specific members that are, uh, you know, focused on this project specifically. Y'all, how, how uh, much back and forth is there? Is it, is it really pretty collaborative between them and kind of the main companies there? Yeah, there, um, like blockchain association in Korea as well. We are also playing a, a very active role there. Mm -hmm. uh, government officials, of course, as for in any countries, do not uh, have very in-depth understanding of this industry. So coming up with the regulation, uh, there were lots of hurdles as they 
obviously just do not understand too well about this industry. And as for any countries, um, their biggest concern is to protect the nationals from the you know potential investment um, you know, fraud or etc. In mm-hmm. this. Um, uh, as for the economy, I don't know if you remember, we hosted even the um, regulatory talks of com- com- um, gathering all the government officials, politicians uh, related or are interested in or outspoken in this um, topic. And actually, the, just the day after the economy, they were able to come up with a kind of suggestive um, regulation to the um, National Assembly. Um, and since then, it kind of built up and the details have built up together with Kim and Jang, one of the law, uh, major law firms in Korea. Mm-hmm. And um, the outcome of the regulation, uh, we believe, is quite um, clear and as we expected. And first um, big hurdle, as I mentioned, is ISMS. And the second hurdle is um, big hurdle for many crypto exchanges, more so than ISMS. ISMS, maybe if you invest a lot of money, you'll get it. Okay. But the thing is that you need a virtual account from the bank. So it's really up to the bank that you cooperate with. And uh, you need to have that uh, agreement with the bank to get the virtual accounts where you can identify the uh, identity of the users. So focused on KYC. Mm. Okay. And that's really up to how you make a relationship with the banks and not many crypto exchanges have it. Not many crypto yeah. exchanges have the fiat window to begin with, but the virtual account is another layer. So uh, in that regard- And how, um, how many, account, how many uh, exchanges have that fiat window now? You said six? The stable ones, yeah, the six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you include Binance in that six? I know they've had a little bit of- Binance uh, there, uh, Binance Korea. <laughs> They're, they're having difficult time. Um, they tried with several banks and they have been blocked. And then, uh, so the bank that you're working with, is it the situation where there, you know, there are a couple of crypto-friendly banks that everyone's using, or is it more about those relationships actually at a higher level and uh, you know, trust between kind of the management teams going back? The trust between the two entities, the banks and the uh, cryptocurrency exchange. Uh, because the reason why banks are quite... Um, cautious about opening the accounts for cryptocurrency exchanges is um, obviously the AML and KYC issue. So they would have to really trust on how you operate your business uh, on the uh, potential inflows and outflows, how you control. And the voice phishing is also biggest problem in Korea. Voice phishing? The the scams, the frauds. Interesting. So um, that's a big headache for banks if the money comes in and if the clients file for complaint, um, they that as much as possible. And for GDOC, we were able to block all the voice phishing since um, July last year. So the relationship with the bank is very nice and swift, um, steady. Yeah. If there are any attempts for fraud of such, we have a hotline built up with the um, Korea Post Bank's headquarters. So um, we are in good shape. Yeah. yeah. And, and there have been some high profile, not just, uh, you know, kind of phishing attacks and fraud like that, but, uh, you know, loss of funds, hacks, I guess, of exchanges in Korea, I guess, sort of while some of this uh, regulation was, was being drafted. So this law is coming into effect next March. Anything else that's, that's relevant with that outside of uh, those two? 
things, the license um, and uh, the AML? He changed lately, just this week. Um, now we have the taxation ready mm -hmm. for crypto. Which is a that was the big news, I guess, out of Korea this week is this 20% tax. Yeah, explain, I guess, that, maybe a little bit of background and then what exactly the law means. Now, um, the government will um, levy tax on crypto incomes. Um, they will define it as other incomes, as just part of any other intangible assets. Um, so it's 20%. Mm -hmm. But here, obviously, um, in crypto, there is P2P trading. But what this law is saying is it's really um, giving more burdens for the crypto exchanges, but we have to have all the data on their trading and profit, profit and loss and 20% on that. Hmm. So very closely as a centralized exchange. Yeah, yeah. And so for, for context, what is, what is uh, the tax outside of crypto for, for trading income, capital gains? Uh, it's it's um, progressive in, um, tax in Korea. So from 22 um, or 3% for very low size income and to up to about 40 to 50, similar to mm -hmm. other countries. Yeah, yeah. And so why hadn't uh, crypto incomes and, and uh, profits from trading, trading been taxed before? And is this something that kind of legitimizes the, the business in a bigger way also outside of just being kind of a negative thing of, uh, all right, now we have to, uh, you know, account for all these taxes? I guess this really, um, it depends on the perspectives, but from our perspective, this clearly defines that Korean government will now uh, place this digital assets or crypto within the boundary of regulation and their control. So for us, it's a good thing. We're trying to define it. We're not trying to do yeah. any scam blurry business and what we need is um, as I told you earlier what we are interested in is coming up with financial product that's cheaper easier and um, has a better you know income provision for the our GDOC users so it's, it's definitely good news for us and that's something that's going into effect now or also uh, next March our um, first of October next year it was just introduced so they would have at least like one year plus period so okay we almost like a lot of trades to happen um for people to just <laughs> sell <laughs> yeah for sure for sure and uh a lot of internal processes to uh get set up for you know everyone who's dealing with these things so it's good good that y'all have that uh window um all right all interesting any other kind of takeaways from the bear market uh in terms of kind of where you're seeing sentiment now versus maybe last year you come from a kind of from an interesting angle being on the you know exchange side on in terms of the companies that are under y'all's umbrella the media side what else are you kind of seeing trend wise of bear market to now another um, biggest news in korea was that you know kakao talk it's yeah. like really monopolized messenger mobile messenger in korea right and they have their blockchain company called Groundex, and they have came up with their own mainnet called Clayton, and they have their token Clay, which in Korea we saw so called Kakao Coin. Uh, that was the first exchange to list um, Korean one pairs for the Kakao Coin Clay. Uh, with that, they also launched um, Clip Wallet, which is a wallet embedded on Kakao Talk. Um, here you can just send 
all your users any crypto that's onboarded the clay to begin with and their kcts their like version of erc20s they're mm -hmm. they call it bfs not that's but those tokens are onboarded on clays and that's a huge huge thing for korea it's now the hurdle is very low we don't have to put that wallet address or you don't have to put any private keys um just as a bank transfer to your friends on Kakao, it's just very simple way to transfer this crypto assets. And even payment-wise, uh, I mentioned briefly the Tana is the biggest mobile payment company. They also issued their token PCI. Um, they listed on GDAC as well. And now the token is used at all the major convenience stores, bookstores, or uh, even uh, fast food um, stores. It's, now uh, pretty much widely used. So this crypto asset in Korea has been um, not just for the investors, how it was like in few, few years ago, it's now really for the general public. Um, I mentioned that we can onboard uh, corporate clients. We now even have nonprofit organizations signing up as a corporate client. Uh, they receive crypto as um, donation. So they would need to liquidate GDOC uh, at the Korean One Pair and file for um, tax or accounting, etc. Mm -hmm. So it's now it was it was the era that we were waiting for, right? It's now being like <laughs> it feels like public. it is. It feels like it is. <laughs> yeah. Now we use uh, term digital assets. Uh, when they enact, uh, um, introduced the regulation, they called it uh, virtual assets in Korean. So the license, when I mentioned, it's now going to be called it's the license to deal with virtual assets. Um, we here we prefer digital assets than virtual assets. Mm -hmm. um, and now Korean I think government. That's more common is, globally, digital assets. And STO is also allowed mm -hmm. under financial sandbox in Korea. So there are several um, cases already in place for property and art. The size, the volume is quite big um, for actual the buildings or um, the real estate funds that are um, being part of the SEO projects. So the regulation being in place, Korea was a bit slower than any other countries in Asia or worldwide. But the speed of catching up with this uh, project that we were talking about at the conference is actually happening in real life. Yeah. All exciting. Uh, as more of a Bitcoiner, I would uh, look at some of those things as, uh, you know, kind of, oh, that's interesting. What, what, what are you, uh, what about you all's uh, kind of Bitcoin and, and BTC Korean lawn pairs? Uh, how, are, how are those trending? And are you uh, seeing a kind of inbound institutional interest more so for uh, on the Bitcoin side? Uh, Give us a little bit. Give us a little bit more of a, a the inside of the, the Bitcoin side of all that, I guess. Let's get into peer pay then. <laughs> yeah, answer. let's go. <laughs> so we we introduced the peer pay B2C payment uh, of crypto platform that our B2B clients can use. The first launch was at um, hospitals, where we have a lot of foreigners coming in to uh, get a medical treatment in Korea. Yeah. Uh, the airline company that deals with a lot of foreign um, travelers as well. 
uh, as mentioned earlier with the COVID situation, it's lower as we cannot have much foreigners coming in to travel or um, right. have them um, treatment in Korea. But the, when we uh, introduced the payment solution, of course, the Bitcoin is still the crypto that has the highest liquidity that mm-hmm. can pay more than millions per second. So the, our, our payment solution to the B2B client was very, it's very simple. They will just receive Korean one immediately at the, at the payment that they make. That's why all this, um, our clients who actually do not know of crypto are still okay uh, having, adding that payment solution to their payments. Because for clients, uh, because of the course of the transaction or the limitation of the credit card limits, um, for them to use Bitcoin as a payment in Korea is simpler and much cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. So Bitcoin still is the major crypto to be used as the payment in this scene. Yeah, that's interesting. And the use case for uh, foreigners coming in and uh, their this is the hospital for those things. And, uh, and uh, travel. That's that's interesting. Um, uh, and and uh, so you've, you've touched on a couple of the business lines under under pure tech and under kind of the, the umbrella there. Um, can you uh, talk a little bit more about uh, GDAC and uh, you know we've kind of had the context for the regulatory side, kind of the uh, competitive landscape of exchanges there now. So that so we have the six. Um, can you talk a little bit about kind of the uh, is there a difference in kind of the range of services offered? Uh, what's where does GDAC sit in all of that? I guess. Yeah, um, mentioned that six crypto exchanges are having the stable fiat window, but the business that they're focusing on is quite different. Uh, a bit of this, um, they have a lot of retail investors on board. They do have a um, lot of um, trading volume in the market, but what they cannot offer is the corporate clients um, creating one deposit and withdrawal because of the limitation of their uh, relationship with the banks in ha- maintaining the virtual account uh, for their Korean one window. But mm-hmm. for Doc, uh, we have been from the beginning focusing a lot on onboarding corporate clients, um, retail investors also, but corporate clients. Uh, and we are allowed to uh, bring in for their Korean one deposit and withdrawal using our Korea uh, Post banks escrow account. Uh, so with that inflow, what we are also focusing on is to provide the window for them to invest legitimately on cryptocurrency. So they can just buy Bitcoin from the market. But what we want to in the future with the license want to provide is like what Grayscale does in the States, like ETN or ETF. At okay. this point, in Korea, we cannot offer yet, but we are building it. Uh, we are the only cryptocurrency exchange or any blockchain company that's partnered to um, securities firm in Korea. Uh, with that securities firm, we are trying to you know, move ahead and prepare for what we can do to onboard institutional investors um, much more conveniently as how Grace has done. And when you say a relationship with a securities firm, can you give a little bit more detail on uh, why that's why that's uh, you know a unique thing to you all and and what it really uh, kind of operationally means. Uh, it's the regulation issues. Uh, we cannot uh, issue or trade securities, obviously. 
uh, even if we get the license, uh, we will be able to deal. We will be able to deal with crypto assets, but we cannot issue what is security. Do mm-hmm. mm-hmm. issue like Korean version of ETN or ATS. We will need to uh, use their license, and we will have. We will, but we will be able to introduce all these invest, uh, investors, institutional investors. So for as of now, um, we're trying to find a win. We're um, working as a referral representative to foreign uh, overseas um, products for them to invest instead of just holding Bitcoin itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we are trying to also introduce that product in Korea. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Something to be watching out for, for sure. Uh, any, any thoughts on timeline for that? You probably can't uh, share too much there. Um, we're hoping at least mid next year. Okay. And Korea has been very fast in adoption of such. Uh, as for the states, now the banks have, banks are allowed to cust- uh, provide custody service for crypto assets, right? In Korea, mm-hmm. there are sandbox cases like Busan Bank is now able to um, provide custody for ST- STO mm-hmm. tokens. And uh, I think that day will come very soon as well in Korea. So interesting. Next year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely one of the more bullish things to happen in the U.S. in the last couple of weeks um, was was that that um, uh, that coming coming about. Uh, so interesting that that's uh, kind of in process, maybe in Korea too. Is is that by chance uh, the bank that you all work with for uh, your uh, fiat gateway in those accounts? The, the um, bank that's yeah. Korea Post it's a little bit more conservative. They're uh, more on the um, B two C side, but we are in talks with other major um, banks to provide the service. I think all of them are already quite interested in. They're investing in the uh, area as well. Um, Peer Tech. We are also uh, on our way to. Um, IR too, and now that was their key point how they want to invest. As we have a patent on like keys and custody and etc. Yeah. in Korea, but that's also on the way. Yeah, it's uh, I feel like it's certainly bullish to be in a good position with uh, kind of that expert uh, custody, um, you know, ability and track record when these banks do start looking to roll their own, own uh, offerings out. So interesting to hear. Um, and then uh, I guess kind of 20, uh, the rest of 2020, 2021, uh, anything else we can look forward to in Korea? What do, what do you see happening with, with uh, Bitcoin if we do kind of really hit momentum and have a bull run here? And then for, for peer tech um, and GDAC, like how, how are you all thinking about um, your business in the next bull cycle? As of now, as I mentioned, we are just fully focused on getting the license in March. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We're very positive on receiving the license. Um, the company structure also is a um, key point the government is scrutinizing on. Mm. Um, I will not get into too much detail, but... Um, some of the crypto exchanges have their shareholders or um, the CEOs having a criminal records or a problem legally. And that plays also a very negative, um, negative point sure. for a 
up with ice and we are just very completely clean. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good way to stay. Yeah. Very clean. Uh, the investors we are uh, going to welcome will be on only the financial institutions or the largest um, venture capitals. Uh, it's underway. And we are welcoming them for SIs to also push uh, on getting the license together with and also uh, having us to have a meaningful market share together cooperating. So that's what we are focused on for the next year. And uh, what we are thinking is that by around next mid next year, we'll be able to also come up with all those financial products, not just the trading, but also the actual legalized uh, derivative products to investment funds, etc. We're just really um, um, focused on that to make sure that we take we, we become the first mover mover in this market. Yeah, very much an inst institutional focus. Um, the I, I guess uh, you know one thing that kind of sticks out or stands out um, in terms of kind of Korea um, adoption of um, crypto things in Korea in the last bull run. Well, you know, we, we heard numbers like 60% of the country owns, uh, you know, some, some type of uh, cryptocurrency. Um, you know, that, I'm sure there's a lot of disillusionment with kind of the uh, bear market. What, um, I guess, any insights into kind of uh, your more institutional focus, but retail sentiment, um, what you kind of hear there, is it, uh, and, then, and then kind of the, are there any kind of factors that are unique to Korea at play um, that you think are relevant, uh, you know, as we enter, I guess, another bull run here? Well, in, in this call, I mentioned about uh, a lot of B2B business that we focus on, but we are also very happy on BTC at B2C as well. Mm -hmm. uh, we are not just listing any tokens in the market. So we're not listing like three tokens a week, like a Peter Bison does. But mm -hmm. if you look at our products, it's very general public focused projects. Uh, now that's 60%. Now we can say 90% because you know, I cacao, cacao. They, they did up on their cacao talk, meaning that whoever owns cacao talk, they probably have these assets, even though they don't even know that it's tokens. Uh, it's right. like recognize it as a point or something. And I mentioned the Tana and PCI coin that you can use in like convenience store. People yep. don't know crypto, so yeah. it's was just embedded and the reason why we onboard those token is we are more focused on um, bringing the general public in the market in the scene so the um, user base the user number for GDAC is pretty much I would say like 70 80 percent of the Korea they wouldn't even need to know that it's a crypto but they're already using it in their daily lives because it gives them like 10 percent 20 percent discount and their spending like mm -hmm. on coupon or like Ticket Monster, which is like Korean version of Amazon, they're already using it in the market. Um, having said that, yes, in terms of the retail, um, the scene is quite different. It's not about making like 5x or 10x with the crypto invest investment in ICO projects. Yeah, um, thankfully. Kind of not, <laughs> but it's just dealing with the legitimate um, you know, product and services. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. And then, uh, kind of the macro environment, I guess, in the, in the, in the world, uh, 
you know, something we talk about a lot in the U.S. Um, uh, you know, central bank uh, money creation, and uh, with COVID kind of shutting down a lot of business, uh, kind of macro factors in Korea, and is uh, in terms of like Bitcoin as a store of value. Um, are you seeing any trends there? Uh, what are what are kind of you know have you has there been kind of a, a clear um, uh, any kind of clear macro trends uh, in terms of what uh, you know anything with real estate Bitcoin how, how does kind of Bitcoin fit into that in, in your view now in the macro environment in Korea? Kind you of a roundabout way of asking that. <laughs> my background is finance, right? I started mm-hmm. as a banker in Macquarie. I also worked in a commercial bank uh, as a relationships manager. Um, I've been receiving these reports about Bitcoin since like 2010. Yeah. Then the bankers were like, uh, not sure what that is. is. Is it going to disappear? Sure. <laughs> but I remember also many traders were buying Bitcoin then and mm-hmm. made a good exit. <laughs> They're no longer bankers. Um, <laughs> we also have a lot now with the Bitcoin boom in the 2017, everyone has had experience of investing in Bitcoin and they've seen the um, good trends of how it's still maintaining its uh, value. Mm-hmm. And of course there were a bit of ups and downs, but not as much. And Korea Central Bank also announced that they will also issue their digital currency as for China for or many other countries as well. and. We are, as mentioned, we are closely in talks with a lot of institutional investors. And the reason why we are focused on um, coming up with ETN product is that they also still yet not want to invest directly on Bitcoin, mm-hmm. but their interest is very high, like in the States. So we are trying to provide a very easy, approachable window for them to hold Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So therefore, ETN. So in, the, in terms of the macro trend, Obviously and definitely, the major large uh, universities. For example, I'm also a professor. We have uh, okay. <laughs> we have graduate graduate school for blockchain. A lot of um, master's degrees related to blockchain in Korea. So macro side, definitely the general public, the interest to actually hold Bitcoin, study Bitcoin, study blockchain is very high. Yeah, what's your doctorate in, by the way? Uh, it's finance. Yeah, yeah. I, I also see you on nonprofit foundation. If you remember, <laughs> oh, I do. Yeah, well, they, they, all these uh, act, all these titles just keep popping up uh, for the last, for the last <laughs> hour. There, yeah, I do remember. Um, all right, all, all, all very cool. All very cool. Would you point out or, or you know hold up any of the partners that you work with um, for comments that it, it, you know other companies in Korea that. Uh, maybe are up and coming that aren't quite known yet that people should watch out for, you know, investors to to be aware of uh, or or other groups that you work with. Well, recently uh, we've been having lots of um, funds, the property funds, to be specific, having interest in issuing STO. Hmm. Uh, the Real estate market in Korea has always been very active. Um, government try to control the ups and downs of it. Yeah. But uh, Koreans are um, still conservative, but also very innovative. 
meaning they all, all want to still hold tangible assets, but also yeah. tangible 50-50. So uh, all this uh, property funds has been showing a lot of interest um, in working with us to get the financial sandbox, which we see recently has been um, not too difficult to uh, be mm -hmm. found category to test the innovative, innovative financial products. So that's um, the recent um, happenings that we have been um, encountering with. The major companies, uh, whether it's Samsung, LG, or SK, they all have their blockchain division, right? Samsung has their main and high, um, next ledger, as mm -hmm. you know. The, in terms of blockchain technology, it's pretty much spread in every sector. Uh, whether it's a government um, entities or the private entities or even non-profit entities. Um, but crypto side, because of the fact that there is no regulation in place, uh, they are still taking a step back. The corporates were trying to um, not talk about crypto tokens they were to issue yeah. till then. But starting next March, I'm sure all these large corporates will have their license right away and mm -hmm. they will not with crypto assets. So uh, I'm very excited for the scene to, you know, watch out for. It's yeah. not going to go or new startups dealing with cryptos. It would be now like Samsung and LG from then. Yeah. All right. We're, we're just kicking off. Um, and then uh, final final question is a, is a fun one. Uh, a recommendation. So we end with uh, a recommendation for maybe someone who hasn't been to Korea yet. Uh, can be a restaurant, can be a place in the city to see a museum, can be a movie. I, I saw that there's a new uh, crypto-focused TV series coming out in uh, Korea this, this fall too. I don't know if you want to give any thoughts on that. But uh, a, a recommendation for uh, people who, um, for Seoul. Well... Well, Korea is a very clean COVID country already. <laughs> you still need we can, to we can, with... we can go there now. We just have to quarantine for two weeks, right? Yeah, quarantine for two weeks at a facility or uh, if you have a residence, that'll be fine. Um, we have like outbreaks of like one or two per day now. So it's very clean. And uh, if you are interested in crypto, definitely in the Gangnam area. All the crypto companies are still in the Gangnam area as we are yeah. right on the corner. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah, on, on the corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you walk around, we able to see all the key members still that are in the market. <laughs> and uh, the, even at the restaurants, I still uh, encounter with uh, other crypto companies <laughs> or etc. Gangnam area, the restaurants. Um, Several, I think. Uh, you can message me on Facebook. I will give you a list of places to go. Perfect, perfect place to go. I, I'm embarrassed to say the last time I was there at that intersection, I uh, grabbed Shake Shack, which you know, not the oh. not the most uh, local local food to get. But I think I was trying to head get yeah, to your hey. office or someone else's office. But uh, there's a Shake Shack there for anyone who. Is, so. I just had Shake Shack tonight. Is, is why I'm thinking about that. I have my Shake Shack box next to me but uh all right message you on facebook how else can people uh get in touch with you or follow you or follow uh, the company um so facebook yeah facebook is the easiest i'm on linkedin as well so you right. can find me in yuri y-o-u-r-e-e -E, the very special limited edition of yuri virgin <laughs> <laughs> all right 
Good stuff. Well, thanks. Thanks for all uh, the insight. And uh, we'll have to do it again when there's more news. Reminder, all of the content in this episode is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. Nothing contained in this presentation constitutes solicitation, recommendation, endorsement, or offer by BTC Media, the Let's Talk Bitcoin Podcast Network, or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments.